Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. We're dumb. We often go astray. We're stubborn. Sheep are defenseless. They're very dependent. Without a shepherd, sheep die. Jesus said, these people are sheep without a shepherd. You see, sheep without a shepherd lack direction, they lack provision, and they lack protection. Jesus came to this earth to not only die for our sins, but he also came to point us to the truth and show us how to live as children of God. While in his ministry, he displayed many different characteristics. One of the most obvious was compassion. That's right, Jesus was compassionate. Even though he was firm and stood for the truth, even though he was righteous and the Son of God, he still had compassion for others. You see, he knew that in their sinful state they would be lost. That's why he shared the truth. That's why he was faithful in pointing people to his Heavenly Father. It was his heart that people would turn away from sin and lawlessness and turn and follow God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 30, with part one of our message entitled, Manufacturer or Distributor. going to be one of the 12 disciples this morning. You're going to look and see what the scripture says and how the disciples react. Let's look at verse 30. And the apostles or the disciples gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Now you remember this, we kind of left the disciples two weeks ago when they were headed out in their own ministry. Jesus said to the 12, I'm going to send you out on a little mini evangelistic tour. I want to see how you do without me. You're not going to take any food, no money, no extra clothes, just your staff and and the power of God and go out and see how you do. In between their little missionary journey, and we come and what is happening in verse 30 is Mark is bringing us back to the disciples returning to Jesus. And they're coming and they're saying to Jesus, man, it was a great time. We can't believe all the people. People were healed. They heard our word. Every night we had a a meal. There was a place over our head. We didn't know where to go the next day, but what you said was true. We could learn to trust you. We did. And Jesus, we just provided for us through God, and it it was a great time. And they were excited telling them, really saying to Jesus, we we kind of passed our first test pretty good. We're excited about it. Verse 31. Then because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Jesus was going to say to them, because they were in Capernaum, he was going to say to them, you guys are excited about ministry, but you look a little tired. If you see somebody nodding off, just give them the old elbow of love this morning. So he said to his disciples, you guys look a little tired. You need some rest. He's trying to say to the disciples this. A key to ministry is a balanced ministry with times of rest. 
But Jesus was saying your spiritual batteries are worn down. You see, when you minister, you and myself, at work, wherever, the only effective ministry I believe you really do is a ministry of out of overflow, where we're rested, where God is ministering to us, if we're always tired, then we're really not fresh, and we really have very little to offer people because we're kind of in the natural more than we are the spiritual. Vance Havner says it like this. If you don't come apart and rest, you will come apart. So there is a balance in all of our lives. There is a time to rest, and that's what Jesus was trying to say to his disciples. So in verse 32, it says, So they went away by themselves in a boat, to a solitary place. They were in Capernaum, and as I said, the crowds are there. There's no place to relax, no place to really understand a time of quiet, to reflect on God and see what he has been doing, and for them just to kick back. So they get in the boat, and they head across the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is, you know, at the most seven miles wide. So up in that area, six to seven to five miles, whatever. We don't know exactly what it is. They get in this little boat, and Jesus says, we're going to kick off, and we're going to go to this spot, and uh, actually, Luke tells us, by the way, this story and the story, the story of feeding the 5,000 and the story of Jesus' resurrection, death, and so forth, are the only two stories in all four of the Gospels. So this is a very important story, because in all four of them, so we need principles to learn. So Jesus says, actually Luke says, they went to Bethsaida. So what Jesus was saying is, you guys have been here fishing a long time, you probably know some little little neat places you can bring the boat into, and the people won't be there, and we're just able to kick back and relax and just have a good time together and be away from people. So they head out in their little boat and head across the Sea of Galilee. Verse 33, But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns, and here's a very strange thing, and got there ahead of them. Well, what really happened was this, because, you see, people wanted to be around Jesus. Now, it wasn't only Jesus, because the disciples now were having a following. They were being representatives of God. And so they were seen, and you see that verse that says, many who saw them leaving recognized them, and they said, wait a minute, where are these guys going? We'd like to be with them. So here's what happens. They're in the boat, and they're headed across the Sea of Galilee, and the people are on the shore in Capernaum, and they're going, where is Jesus going? So they begin to run the shore. And they begin to run the shore. As they're running the shore, they're looking out, trying to see the Sea of Galilee. Where is this boat headed? Maybe we can figure where they're going, because we want to be with them. So as they go, they run to the next town and the next town. Now you can imagine if a hundred people, and you had probably were the good people, are walking real fast and running. They come running through your town. You know, you're sitting back and just, you know, enjoying some falafel or whatever. And here they go through, and you're saying... Where, where are you running to? Well, Jesus and his disciples are going to meet up here on the shore. We're following them. So a few people went to a hundred, and it just kept growing. And every town they went in, people came with them, and they, pretty soon you got this mass of people along the shoreline. And they're following Jesus Christ. And the scripture says they got there before the boat got there. Now, how can you run the coastline and get there before a boat was going straight across? Well, it's because Jesus' boat only had a trolling motor on it. <laughs> it was slow. Didn't have the oven route. No, you know that's not true. Probably what happened is this, that either there was no wind, 
So the boys had to row. They were already tired. Or there was a wind, but it was blowing against them. But anyway, this hiding place along the Sea of Galilee, this little place where they could pull their boat in and go, no people. Man, we need to kick back. We need this time of relaxation. Look at verse 34. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, Jesus said to his disciples, Nice place, you pit guys. Real solitary. Put the boat back in the water. I'm tired of people. They bug me. I don't want to see another ugly face. I'm just tired of people. What would you have said? Oh, no, I would never say that. What happens when your day off is interrupted with people? Sometimes we just blow it. And what Jesus is trying to say to his disciples is this. Yes, there's times of rest and ministry you have to have. You just have to take time. Sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes I have to say no to people. I just can't do it tonight. Because there's more needs than I could ever meet. I don't meet them anyway, but God threw me. I just have to say sometimes no. But Jesus is saying, guys, in this particular case, we're not going to turn down the people. You've had rest. There's a little boat ride. And that's all the rest you're going to get today. So he was saying there are times in ministry when we have to go beyond which we thought we even wanted to do because the need is so great. Not all the time, because many times Jesus did pull back and rest. But in this particular case, he overrules that. Now, important point. If you're going to minister here, you want to make sure you minister with a willing attitude and a loving heart. I can go in the Sunday school class and minister that day. You know, the lousy kids, you know, she get out of here, who knows, call me and whatever. And the whole day is miserable for you. You think the kids know it? Oh, they know it. You say, yeah, sure, I'll spend after and talk to you. Get, come on, get to the point of the problem here. What's the problem? Okay, read your Bible. How come you don't come? <laughs> it's over with. See, you can really do it, but you're not doing it with love. So Jesus doesn't respond with this. He's tired. They get here and they look out and here's all of those people and the boat's pulled into this mass of people. What does Jesus really say in verse 34? It says he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. See, Jesus, when he saw the people, didn't get frustrated, didn't blow his top, didn't go, man, another time of ministry. He said... These people are hurting. The Greek word compassion means this. The inward feeling that, see, that the Jews, especially in the Greek area, when they had a feeling for people, it came from like their guts. They're inside the viscera is where it means. And that compassion meant a visceral feeling like, man, I can feel what these poor people are going through. Now, compassion is very interesting. See, compassion isn't a feeling. The word here for compassion in the Greek means a gut retching feeling with action to follow. You see, you can have compassion, but if you do nothing about it, big deal. So Jesus said, I have compassion on these people, but I'm going to follow it up. I'm going to help them in their need. There's something they need, and I can minister to that need. So he says, I'm going to do that. Point number one this morning, I encourage you to take notes, is this. 
all sheep need a good shepherd. Now, when you study the Bible, sheep are prevalent all through it. Every person born in the Bible, every person born today, the Bible calls us sheep. We're all sheep. Now, the reason we're all sheep is because the Bible calls us all sheep. Now, let me tell you a little bit about sheep. Sheep are not very smart. <laughs> now, I said we're all sheep, so it's all right. Sheep are stubborn. Sheep often go astray. You can watch a sheep go off a cliff. The rest of the sheep follow. We're dumb. We often go astray. We're stubborn. Sheep are defenseless. They're very dependent. Without a shepherd, sheep die. Jesus said, these people are sheep without a shepherd. You see, sheep without a shepherd lack direction, they lack provision, and they lack protection. A great German writer, Bonhoeffer, says this, as Jesus looked out on the people, they were filled with questions, but there were no answers. They were in distress, but there was no relief in sight. They had anguish of conscience. Their consciences bothered them, but they didn't know where to get deliverance. Jesus saw tears, but no consolation. And most of all, they were people who had sin, but no forgiveness. You see, as Jesus pulled up in the boat and he looked out in this mass of people, he said, they're sheep without a shepherd. He looked out and what he was saying to his disciples was this, these are spiritually starving people. They have no purpose in life. They have no direction. There's no peace. They don't know where to go. Now you say, well, wait a minute. What is he saying here? They were Jews. There were plenty of the priests and the people and the religious system to take care of them, yes. But it's really a slam from Jesus on the religious system because he's saying these people have many priests to take care of them, but the priests are not concerned about the sheep. They're only concerned about themselves, as Ezekiel tells us. They're concerned about the buildings and the temple and the sacrifices and making money, but they're not concerned about the sheep. Could that be true in our churches today? That we have many religious pastors and teachers, but very few shepherds, who are concerned about really their self and the building program and how many in the parking lot and what the chairs look like and all the ministries, but the sheep, there's no concern. You see, Jesus looked out and he said, they're sheep without a shepherd. It's a sad thing, but I believe very common in our world today. Number two, a good shepherd provides for his sheep. Jesus looked out among the people and he said they were sheep without a shepherd. What do you do to bring them into safety? How do you feed starving sheep? Well, look what verse 34 says. So he began, what? Teaching them many things. It's very interesting to me that the first response that Jesus has to starving sheep is to teach them the Word 
of God. I think that should say volumes to us. You see, a good shepherd is going to lead his sheep to water and food. They need direction. They need purpose. They need to understand where they're going. They needed to understand the kingdom of God. They didn't get it. Jesus came and said, I'm bringing you the kingdom of God. The sheep went, what is that? We don't know what that means. We're filled with sin. We're trying to be right with God through our works. Is there any hope? And Jesus said through his teaching, yes, there is. I'm going to feed you. See, what Jesus was trying to say to his disciples was this. Disciples, we pulled ashore. Look at these people, disciples. Look at them. They're starving sheep. Nobody's told them you can be right with God. Nobody's told them they don't. There's the Messiah has come. The kingdom of God has come. Nobody's given them any hope. I'm going to teach these people. So he went through the word of God. The Old Testament, I believe he certainly put in about himself. And he taught them the word of God. Because he was saying to the disciples, guys, the real person that we're looking at is spiritual. You see, the real you today isn't the one with clothes on and the one that just went, bah, whatever. The real you is spiritual. The real you will spend eternity in heaven or hell. And Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. So he says, we're going to first take care of their spiritual need by teaching them the word of God. That is our priority here at Calvary Chapel. We love worship. We love fellowship. But it's based off of one thing the teaching of the Word of God. You see, healthy sheep need to be taught the Word of God. Now, if I went down to a restaurant, and let's say it's an all-you-eat restaurant or whatever, I don't do those anymore, but all-you-eat restaurant, and you went through, and you went through the lines, and they had all this food, I love Chinese, and went through, and they got a cup of great buffets down. You just go through all the line, and you just took your plate, and you just went down. And you just went down the whole line. You went down the second line. You went down the whole line. You went and sat at the table. You sat with an empty plate. You enjoyed the time for about an hour and a half. And you left. Now, you know that after you eat Chinese food sometimes, two hours later, you feel hungry. Well, if you had nothing on your plate, how would you feel when you left? Hungry. So somebody said, how'd you enjoy the food? Oh, it was a nice setting. I watched other people. It was pretty good, but I'm starving. That's exactly what happens to people who come to service for an hour and a half. They just come, they're doing the thing, never take a note, never remember what the sermon was about. They leave, the Word of God went like this and out, and then they expect to be healthy. You'll never be healthy. You have to take the Word of God in as it's taught. So you have to put something on your plate. You have to chew it. You have to listen to it. You have to hear it again. You have to say, God, what did you say to me about that teaching today? So there's nothing good on TV and there's nothing good on the radio. So take a tape and pop it in your cassette recorder. As you're driving to work or whatever, let the word feed you. Listen to it. Not me, just any, a bit of other people that teach the word of God. Let it happen. So here we have Jesus saying to these people, I'm going to teach them. Now, when Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to teach him, what do you think the disciples went? Oy vey, how long is this going to be? They knew exactly what was going to happen. Jesus was a Balmer Minute kind of guy. He loved to teach. He loved to teach. Number three, a good shepherd trains others to help the sheep. Verse 35 says, By this time it was late in the day. 
And the disciples were right. Late in the day in the Greek there means about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Jesus taught, though, and people listened. It's fabulous. And he taught, and he taught, and he taught. So the disciples, they looked at their watch and went, it's getting late. And here's what the disciples say in verse 35. So his disciples came to him and said, uh, Jesus, you're so excited with your teaching. This is a remote place. And he said, it's getting, I like it, very late. Jesus, you're going too long. You've interrupted between the first and the second service. There's no place for him to park. Stop it. Send the people away, verse 36 says, so they can go to the surrounding countryside and the villages and buy themselves something to eat. Now, I believe the disciples had good intentions. They were saying this, Jesus, it's late. These people have come from all along the coastline. It's going to get dark. They didn't have time to bring food. They just ran. They're hurting. They're hungry. You fed them spiritually. You've done a good job. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go home. That was their first reasoning. Their second reasoning was this, in their heart, I believe. Jesus, you know, we started this day trying to find some rest. Send these guys away so at least we can get some rest now. We need a quiet place. But you're going to see that Jesus is going to say to them something different. Jesus is going to say, I'm not finished feeding the sheep. Letter A under point three is impossible task. The disciples say, send them away. Verse 37, Jesus responds and he says this, but he answered, you give them something to eat. Jesus says, no, we're not going to send them away. They're physically hungry. We're going to meet their physical needs. Now, is that an impossible task? Yes, because we didn't have three dozen people here. The scripture says the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. That's the number of men. If you had women and children, we don't have an exact figure by any means, but we'll use 10,000 people are there. And here's what Jesus says. You feed them. You see, there was another need of men that needed to be fed. It was their physical. And I think sometimes in our churches, especially those that do a decent job of teaching the Word of God spiritually, that we might be lacking in helping people physically with their needs. We do take care of people at Christmas and Thanksgiving and those kind of things, but you know our small groups are designed to meet people's needs. So Jesus is going to say there's needs here. There's physical and emotional needs. We want to help you emotionally. We want to counsel. We have counseling people at our home groups and small groups and all those areas. We want to minister to you, not just spiritually, but the whole man. That's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. Now, so the disciples look out, and Jesus says to them to do what? Feed the sheep. How many sheep about? 10,000. Okay. One of the disciples popped out his laptop. He brought up Excel, and he said to Jesus, Hey, if my figures are correct, this is eight months' salary. Throughout the Bible, people are compared to sheep. And in that same comparison, Jesus is referred to as the shepherd. You see, as sheep, we need a shepherd. Understand that it's the shepherd that guides and protects. A shepherd provides safety and provision. It's when a sheep wanders off on its own that it gets into trouble. The same is true for us. 
We need Jesus. We can't go off following our own way. He is the way. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll be reminded that we have need for nothing. Understand that God is in control, and as His children, He will see to it that we have all we need. Now, His idea of need and our idea might differ, but that's where we need to just trust in Him. He will steer us wrong. He will provide for us. He will equip us to do this life right. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues through the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 